Hey guys, so I am back for round two. So I kind of gave y'all a little background about my childhood. Um, um, I'm just not going to, I'm going to spare y'all all the gory details of everything that happened. Probably half of it I don't remember actually, um, which is probably a good thing, right? I, I'm just what I'm thinking. Um, let me tell you where I'm at right now in life and then I'll kind of go back to my school days, okay? Right now, I am a 51-year-old woman with three grown, amazing kids. Um, I am an empty nester, so yeah, I'm doing that. I put myself through college twice. I got my degree um, in skincare. Um, so yeah, so I basically um, have raised myself pretty well, considering um, the hellhole I came out of. Uh, my kids actually are amazing human beings. Um, I did a great job, I think, as a mom. One of my goals was to never be like my mom, which I pray to God I wasn't, and I don't think I was. I was very present for my kids. I have always been. We're very close. Even, even now, like every Sunday, we have family day, and we do all this stuff together. I have two beautiful grandchildren that I absolutely adore, and um, yeah, so, but on the flip side to all that, uh, I am divorced, this is my third divorce, so as you can see, a repercussion to what happened to me in my childhood, in my family upbringing, has caused me to have severe relationship problems, um, or I'm not even going to say that, I'm going to say it's caused me to make decisions based out of fear or based out of just being exhausted in life um i am a fair i'm in therapy and i have been i love to talk to my therapist she's amazing um i do believe therapy is a wonderful tool to have it's great it's great to go talk to somebody outside the box and just um you know get some feedback from somebody who doesn't live in your world um i come to understand at first i used to beat myself up all the time about you know getting divorced and you know not make I mean my first marriage lasted over 10 years but he was a habitual cheater so I you know I think he that was his issues okay those were his issues but I kind of probably took them on as my own and of course you know my self-worth was low from the first marriage ending um, second marriage, basically pretty much married for stability. Um, after my first marriage, I had two little boys. I was living in a shithole of a trailer somewhere. Um, just barely making it. Didn't get any help from the, the dad. So second marriage, I knew on the way to marry him. Oh, I got, well, let me tell you this first. So, second marriage, went on a date, kind of worked with the guy, knew him, wasn't my type, really wasn't interested in anything but friends, but hey, this is where I start making my poor decisions based on fear and just lack of judgment on my part. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I was living, I was struggling, uh, I had two little boys, um, so we went out a couple times. Like I say, it was not my cup of tea, but he was a great guy. He was a friend, and anyway, I ended up getting pregnant with my daughter, and yeah, so out of fear, honestly, of being pregnant with another child and being poor already and just broken, 
I basically married this man because he offers stability and financial stability. He worked, y'all, he worked so hard for me. Um, he gave me a beautiful home, and I never asked for anything. However, being trapped in a marriage where you know you're not in love with somebody is so stressful and so daunting. Like, I was exhausted trying to encourage myself to be happy with this person. Like, yeah, it was terrible. Um, our our life together, and, and it wasn't always bad, I'm not saying that, but... Um, I definitely was not in love with this person, but it was a comfortable life for me and my children. Later on, after I divorced him, I found out that he was um, probably um, not the nicest person in the world. But, you know, like I say, no, I have nothing really bad to say about him except, you know, he did work hard for us. He provided for me and my children. I had my daughter. Um yeah, and so he did a great job. But all that based on the fact that I make really bad choices because of my low self-worth. And this is where I think a lot of people, women, men, whatever, get in trouble is um, when you have low self-worth and you live in a constant flight of fear or flight, which is what I constantly live in when I have um, anxiety really bad. So I have PTSD. I was diagnosed uh, obviously, from my childhood, I have post-traumatic stress syndrome. Definitely 100%. Um, so, I live in a constant state of heightened fear or anxiety. Like, it is so annoying sometimes. I just wish sometimes I could just take a day off from the anxiety. But, you know, and there's not, there's some days it's, the anxiety is not as high as other days. But most generally, I do wake up. I, I'm anxious for no reason, um, and it causes me to make decisions that are un, just not rational, and sometimes they're not the best, obviously, they're not the best decisions for me. Um, like when, when I decide to marry, now the first time I did marry for absolute, I fell head over heels in love with this man. I remember seeing him before I ever met him. We were going under the red light at the same time. He was in a car, I was in a car. I was like 19 and um, I just remember going under the red light and I looked over and saw him and thought, oh my gosh, there goes my husband. I'm going to marry that man. I didn't know him at all. So fast forward six months later, I was out with my sister walking them. Like, you know, we lived in a small, poor town. So all we did was really walk around the streets, like doing nothing, just basically being bored. And, um, yeah, he come pulling up with a friend of ours that we went to school with. And I was like, oh, my God, there is the guy. Oh, my God. And this was, like, six months later after I saw him that one time. So, yeah, we um, started hanging out then. And we got married quickly after that. So it was a whirlwind relationship pretty much. Um, we had two sons together. But, like I said, the whole entire time we were married, which was 10-plus years, um, he cheated. Yeah, he cheated every opportunity he got. What and it, you know, I used to take that personal. Like there was something I was doing, but you know, in hindsight, looking back now, um, and still knowing him today, I'm not saying anything bad about him because he is the father of my two sons. But yeah, it he has his own demons and he has his own problems. But you know, I took his stuff and kind of made him my problem and took that and you know, lowered my self-esteem. 
Um, yeah, after like 10 years of marriage, though, of tra- him cheating and me just trying to like hold it together and change him because I really thought, ladies, I really thought I was going to change him. I really did. Um, no, did not happen. Um, the last time he cheated, I'll just never forget. I had a, a different feeling this time when he left that I just knew, I knew without a doubt that I would never ever take him back. I don't know why, I don't know what it was, but something in my spirit or soul just said that was it. That was the breaking point. And I just remember crying so hard because I knew that I could never ever take him back again. And I never did. Um, he did try to come back as she, his normal pattern would be to, you know, go stay a couple months with somebody and then, you know, start calling me and try to come back. And that was a pattern that we went through for 10 years. Um, last time it happened, I did not, I did not take him back. I just filed for divorce. I divorced him and yeah, so it was just me and my two little boys, like I said, and, um, then that's when I met my, like I said, I started working a job in a factory, you know, to make ends meet. And uh, this is where I worked with the man I ended up married for this, the, my second marriage. Like I said, he was 10 years older than me. And like I said, friend-wise, he was great. Husband-wise, I just, yeah, he would not be somebody that I would just pick, you know, to be my husband. No. I was not in love with him, and I knew that, but going into it, I married out of fear of how am I going to raise these kids, How am I, what am I going to do? Um, but anyway, we were married for eight years, and like I said, he worked endlessly to give us a great a, a great family life, And um, but he also had some demons of his own that participated in drug. He liked to, you know, to dabble in pain pills and stuff like that or whatever, and you know what, after eight years, I just, I just remember going to church and now listen y'all, and I will tell y'all about my spiritual background and my church raising uh, next episode. I was raised Pentecostal in a very small Southern church from the time I was five years old. So um, if you don't know anything about that religion, Pentecostal people are very strict and they live in the old, they like to live in the Old Testament a lot. Um, anyway, I would just go to church and I would pray so hard. I would pray, y'all, I would pray this prayer. I would pray that he would do something so I could divorce him because I felt bad about wanting to divorce him without a particular reason other than I just didn't, you know, love him. So I prayed that all the time. I'd be at church and I'd be like, God, you know, please just, I'm so, I was so miserable, y'all, that I actually prayed that this man would mess up or cheat or do something that I could divorce him and have a reason. And you know what? He did. He did. He ended up cheating on me with a, a fr- uh, not really a friend, but an acquaintance. And I found out about it. And you know what? I absolutely was relieved. I know that sounds horrible. It was horrible. I know. But I was, I was glad because I really wanted out of this marriage. And I was, you know what, I, I was glad. Of course, he did leave me in a terrible situation financially, of course. Um, left me and the kids in this big house that we had built. And he just left. And we ended up selling the house. And, of course, we didn't make any money off of it because he was in debt. And I don't know what was all going on there financially. But anyway, so I ended up moving into like a little small house 
down the street that was kind of like a little rundown. And it reminded me of like Noah's Ark because it, the um, roof of the house kind of swayed like a little ark. So it looked like it was going to fall in at any minute because it was a pretty much a dump. Um, but we moved in there. And um, so I didn't have a job because I had been a stay-at-home mom with this man for many, many years because he worked two jobs. So I remember walking into the post office one day, and I was praying. I was like, oh, God, you know, i got to get a job. How am I going to support these kids? Now, the kids are about five and, um, you know, eight and ten or whatever. It's a little older kids now. And I walked in the post office, and for some reason that day, the postmaster was there, and we just started chatting. She took me on a tour, and I ended up just getting a job at the post office immediately, which was like, whoa, wow, that never happens, right? Um, so yeah, I got a job at the post office and I started working there. I got this old van. My neighbor gave me an old van. Um, he actually was killed or died. He, he wasn't killed. He died in Iraq and, um, his, uh, wife gave me his old van and I used that as a mail truck. So I started delivering mail for the post office and I did that for five years and that is going to be a whole different story because what happened at the post office is going to uh, lead up to many, many more um, mistakes and adventures. Uh, one crazy adventure that happened while I was at the post office is I believe I met the love of my life at the post office. Um, and I will tell y'all about that story later. Anyway, getting back to that. So there I am. I'm living in like a little Noah's Ark run down. And I mean, I mean, y'all, it was so run down. There was bats in the attic that would just scream. And me and my kids would be like, oh, my gosh, we were so scared. Um, yeah, so I worked at the post office to pay my bills and raised these three children on my own. And it was a two-bedroom little house, so very small. Uh, but we lived there, and uh, we was managing. I didn't see my ex, either one of my exes, actually. The one, the first one was still dabbling in all these women, and the second one, I don't know what happened. He just kind of just went off and did his thing or whatever. So, yeah, so I am living in a, a little Noah's Ark dump in the middle of a cow pasture with three children working in a post office driving this beat-up van. Um, but I was grateful to have the job because it paid good. So, that's where I was at the time of my second marriage. Now, all this stems back to my childhood, and I'm going to tell you why it does. Because when you are abused and you have PTSD, you make decisions, like I say, based out of fear, based out of just being exhausted, exhausted carrying yourself through life, exhausted, just wanting somebody to just absolutely love you, pick you up, support you in a, in a way that you know you feel safe because you're always looking for that safety because when you don't have it with your parents and you don't have it as a child, you you actually don't even know what it feels like. So you're not sure what it is you're, you're missing or what it is you're looking for, but you know that you just want somebody to take care of you for a change instead of you always being the strongest person taking care of yourself and, you know, you know, trying to make ends meet and doing it all because I left home when I was 15, and I will go back to that too. Um, I did have a breaking point with my dad when I was about 15. I'll never forget. We were on the porch, and um, like I said, the uh, abuse started when I was like nine years old. So at around 15, I remember my dad coming up behind me and wrapping his arms around me 
in a kind of weird sexual way. It just felt uncomfortable. Um, and I just remember, I don't know, guys, out of nowhere, I had this human strength that I just took my elbow and just literally punched him in the stomach and just said, get off of me. Just get off. And I'll never forget my dad's anger. It was so, he was so mad. And I just remember him saying that I was a whore and that I thought I was too good to be touched or blah, blah, blah. Now, at 15, I'm what I'm not even sure what a whore is, probably, because like I said, we was just country folks, so whatever. Um, so I did leave home. I did I left home very young and I kinda just stayed on the streets and kinda, you know, spent the night with people I know, just finding a place to sleep here and there. So this went on for a, a while. Um, I think I would rather have lived on the streets than I would have lived another minute in the house with that man. And so, yeah, so I left home very early, like 15. So I found a place to sleep, like I said, by just asking friends, hey, can I sleep at your place? Hey, can I stay at your place tonight? So this went on for a little a little while, actually. Um, I'm not exactly sure how long I was on the streets, but it was, um, I just know I never really came back to my parents' house. I ended up meeting a uh, guy when I was 16. I had, like I said, at 16, I had never really dated or anything, but I ended up meeting a guy that at 16 who I moved in with who ended up being abusive. I remember the first time he slapped me or hit me in the face, I was shocked. Like, I was, like, so stunned that that had just happened to me. Um, but, yeah, so that relationship, when I was 16, he was very abusive, he would beat me, hit me in the face. I think he broke my nose like twice, maybe. Um, but yeah, but you know what? It was a place to stay. It was a place off the street. So I kind of stayed with him for a couple years, actually. And the reason I ended up leaving him or, well, I'm going to say not leaving, escaping, literally with my life, guys, escaping. I just remember he took me down this dirt road. It was such a long drive. I don't know where we were going. He wouldn't tell me. And we just drove and drove and drove. And we just drove down this dirt road in this country with nothing but woods. And um, if you're from the south, there's a lot of little roads that just lead off into the woods that people, you know, come upon or whatever. And I just remember we got there and he turned the car off and I was like, what are we doing? And he just said, you know, I could kill you right now and put your body out and nobody would find you. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, Patty, you have got to think straight right now. Like, you got to make him think that you are so in love with him. Because I think that he was thinking that I was going to leave him. This is why we were in the woods. He found out that I was wanting to leave, I guess, because of the abuse. Um, so I just remember sitting there in the car with him thinking, okay, Patty, you got to think straight. No matter what you do, you've got to make this person think that you absolutely adore him and love him to death so I just remember saying to him you know I love you so much you know I would do anything to stay with you I mean I'm never going to leave you and I had to convince him you know that I would never leave him and the thought would never enter my mind to ever leave him and um so you know eventually after I don't even know how long we were there I honestly do not know how long we were there I just remember he finally believed me enough to crank the car and bring us back you know, home. But I remember if I thought if I ever get back close to where I feel safe, I was going to leave. And the next day, I think he went to work and I packed 
what little bit of rags I owned or whatever. And I ran to my parents' house and I begged to stay there for a little while until I could just hide out because I knew he would kill me if he found me. So they, of course, let me in. Well, I'm sure I had to pay rent or something. I don't know. I can't remember that, but I'm sure I didn't get to stay there for free. You know, my mom charged me $5 once for to dry a load of clothes, which this that's how my mom's thought process was. You know, she would just, uh, she didn't, she felt like she didn't owe me anything that I owed her. So I'm sure I paid my way. I think I got a little job, so I lived there for a little while longer until I met my husband, uh, my first husband at 19. So yeah, so that was crazy, y'all. That was so crazy because thinking back now, like he could have killed me. I remember one fight that he got so mad at me that I ran out the door and he literally was naked as a jaybird, just pure naked. And he chased me in this neighborhood naked in front of all these people. Like everybody could see it. And not one person stopped to step in or to help. And I remember screaming and being so scared. And like he drove me back in the trailer. And it was awful. It was so awful. It was so awful. I mean, half of that stuff, you know what? It's just weird how it comes up in my mind. I'd be like, oh my God, that did happen. It did. Because I think our minds have a way of protecting us, obviously. And sometimes we forget all these horrible things that happened. But that one particular time, I would just remember running out the door. Like, I don't even know why I was getting beat for. I have no clue. Um, but he was like, yeah, naked. He didn't care. Like he was insane and chasing me through this trailer park and like nobody like stepped in, nobody cared. And so that's kind of how our relationship was though. He would be, you know, I guess he had, I guess he was bipolar. I'm not sure. Like, I think he ended up going to prison years later and, um, I don't know where he is today. I've not heard from him in probably 30 years, maybe more than 30 years. Um, I have no idea where he's at. Um, once in a while, I do see his sisters in town. Um, we really don't talk, you know what I'm saying? Because it was kind of just weird. Um, but I I don't know. I did know he, got a, he went to prison, but after that, I don't know what happened to him. So let's hope I never run into him again. It was horrible. Anyway, but you know what? It kept me off the streets. It kept me out of my, my mom and dad's house. And um, so, yeah. That's what happened for a couple of years until I met my husband at 19. So, anyway, there you go um, for today's episode. That was a lot to tell you guys, but it's trying to lead you up to where I'm at now and letting you know about, you know, our self-worth and how the, the decisions that we make and like how we beat ourselves up. You know, I have beat myself up so much over some of my decisions until finally I realized I had to stop. Because every decision I made and every time I made a decision to do something or to marry or be with somebody was either out of fear or just been exhausted, exhausted and looking for love, looking for somebody to just take care of me for a while just so I could rest. Um, Because I never felt like I had any of that growing up. Never had security, never had a place to just feel wanted. So I guess I've always searched for that. So anyway, so there we go. So just I'm I'm learning about making bad choices and um yes, that's where I'm at now. So okay, so I'm gonna end it here. So we will get back at it the next episode. Thanks guys. I hope y'all have a great day or whatever you're doing. Um 
stay positive and um, yeah, make good choices.